isn't sharing wonderful? Uh, I love that video with the kids and how they, they share right out of their hearts. It's just kind of a natural thing they do. I mean, who wouldn't give a little kid a, a, a half a sandwich? Uh, in this COVID-19, we might think about it a little bit, but, but the idea of sharing is, is super important. Uh, in fact, uh, I believe that there is great power. Uh, there's, there's, there's something powerful about sharing. Uh, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about. When we share, there's, there's a bond that happens. I don't know if you've ever had anybody really share something with you in a time of need, but man, there's a, a deep sense of gratitude. Or, or if you've been able to share with someone in a, in a time of need. Uh, and, and I don't mean just, you know, like material things. I, I think about things like sharing your time uh, and your skills and sometimes your hobbies, uh, your wisdom, your influence, those sorts of things. When we share with one another uh, something powerful happens in our lives. And interestingly enough, the Bible instructs us to share. It's a part of our spiritual journey. It's a part of our spiritual growth. And so what I want to talk about this morning is how to share our hope. We've been in this series about hope uh, that we have in Jesus Christ, and we are so blessed to have that hope. It kind of changes everything. But we live in a world that doesn't have hope. We are surrounded by people who don't have hope or just trying to make it through, and, and we have kind of the answer to what they, uh, what they need. And so, um, so what we're going to talk about is, is this hope. But I want to kind of pose this question a little bit. Um, have you ever noticed that sharing is sometimes awkward? I mean, it is, is for me, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like, do I really want to share? What's this going to cost me to share? Or how much should I share? Or, you know, uh, will they be offended if I share? Will they think I'm trying to take over? You know, and, and so uh, when we share things, it's a little awkward. And, and when we share Christ, when we talk about Jesus, sometimes that's really awkward because you just don't know how they're going to take it. You don't know what they're going to do, you know, are they going to be offended, are they going to be open to it, you know. Uh, we all have this wonderful idea that everything will go wonderful, and on the other shoulder we kind of have this idea that it's all going to go crazy and they're going to start screaming at us. And so uh, I thought today we would look at what the Bible has to say uh, about this. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn over to 1 Peter 3, 13 uh, through 18, or through 15, I'm sorry. Um, and you can get this on our app. By the way, the notes for today's sermon, the fill-in-the-blank notes are on our app as well. Uh, and so just encourage you to use that app. It's a great way uh, to connect. You can pick up the videos as we've been updating about COVID-19 uh, as well on there. Uh, so um, we've talked about this a lot, but uh, the truth is it's not enough just to have hope. We have to actually share hope with, with others. And that's what Peter talks about in this passage. Um, and, and so uh, he's been talking about suffering for a while now and, and doing good. Uh, and he's writing to a group of people who are, who are experiencing a lot of suffering for, for Christ. And the temptation um, when, when we share Christ with others is that, you know, if they don't respond well or they tell us off or they get offended, that after a while you kind of get hurt enough that you kind of go, that, that's it, I'm done with them. They can just, you know, whatever. I did my best. You know, I'm trying to do them a solid and they're, they're just giving me a really hard time. And so uh, it is kind of in that context that, that Peter writes, uh, writes these words. So 1 Peter 3, 13 through 15. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? And that is the idea that when you're doing good, usually people um, don't give you a hard time. Sometimes they do, but, but usually if you're trying to do the good thing, uh, people don't, give you, uh, don't harm you as much. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, okay? So even if you're doing a good thing, you're trying to share hope with them, you're trying to share life in Christ, and, and they retaliate in somewhere, some other way, you will be blessed 
Have no fear of them. That speaks right to that kind of issue there. Uh, Nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Okay? So this verse always reminds me of... um, you know, young Christians, when you're kind of zealous about sharing everybody, especially sometimes when you get become a follower of Christ as an adult, you know, your life is so radically changed and it feels like this load has been lifted off you and you're clean and, and you just, you just like, you couldn't see why anybody wouldn't, wouldn't accept Christ. And so sometimes they just go around telling people and, and then they, they get burned. People, ah, I don't want to hear about your religion. Don't talk to me about that. You know, that kind of thing. And, and they kind of, kind of back up. And, um, and so uh, Peter's telling everybody, most of the time that's not going to be a problem, but, but sometimes that, that is. Uh, but even if you do suffer, uh, God is going to bless you. And, and the interesting thing is the word there in the original language for suffer is a, is a really broad term. It, it includes everything from, you know, fairly mild suffering like we have. I mean, honestly, in the United States, we don't suffer much for our faith. Uh, but all the way through, you know, dying, a very hard kind of suffering uh, in there. And so uh, the suffering that you and I go through, that, that, that's a part of it for sure. Um, and, and so the, the idea here is that even if you suffer, even if you pay a price, uh, it, it's okay. God is going to bless you and God has got this. And, and the danger in this when we share our faith is, is that we stop sharing our faith because of what they, they have done to us. And so uh, he goes on then to say, always being prepared to make a defense, this is the important part, to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Uh, and so um, this is, this is key, Peter's key thing. Give a reason for the hope that you have in Christ. Don't stop sharing uh, about Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't worry about it. Here's the truth. Jesus is Lord. (laughs) Honor Christ as the Lord and as holy in in your life. Say, Jesus is Lord. Okay, I know most of you didn't say it, but but that's okay. Uh, That that, that was one of the earliest confessions of the church. And and the idea is, if Jesus is Lord, what do we have to fear? Why would we not uh, move forward with this? And so be courageous. Overcome overcome your fear. Overcome the wounds that have happened uh, when people have made fun of you or given you a hard time or called you names or insulted you or any of those things that that happen sometimes when we we share our faith. It's the devil that wants us to be afraid, not Christ, because Jesus is... Is Lord, okay? And so uh, when you share about Jesus, share hope. Now this is where we're kind of getting into the particulars of how Peter wants them to do this, okay? Um, he says to share the hope, share hope in Christ. Um, and I, I think sometimes um, we've gotten so hung up on trying to persuade people that they are sinners, and we live in a culture where that category doesn't hardly even work for them. They don't even hardly have that category anymore. That, that we end up not really sharing hope. We think that the first thing that has to happen is they have to understand their sinners. Uh, and I don't know that that necessarily is the first thing that has to happen. The first thing that has to happen is they have to see hope. Then they figure out, well, how do I get to that hope? And so Peter is saying, you know, share hope with them. Um, people, it's important that there's something positive in all of this. Um, and, and so uh, people walk away from Christians, in fact, today and very often don't want to listen to us because they have felt judged and put down and, and defeated so often by, by well-meaning Christians that they just kind of started with, you're a sinner, repent, you know. Well, that just doesn't 
doesn't really draw people in. And that's not the way Jesus started uh, with, with people. Um, and, and, and so uh, he's, he's saying, start with the hopeful part. Start with the, the part that's uh, attractive. Um, and, and so uh, Jesus always, in fact, everywhere he went, he, he made people uh, way better than they were before. And he always started uh, with, with positive sorts. So with the exception of religious people like you and me. Now, sometimes when we got off track, he'd kind of let us have it, right? But, but, but people who are far from God, the sinners, the ones that really had messed up lives, he always started with hope uh, and always made life uh, better for them. Um, and, and that's the, what Peter's telling us to do, okay? So when sinners encountered Jesus, they walked away with hope. That was Jesus' example all through Scripture. And that's what Peter's saying here is people should walk away with you with hope. Jesus always left people better off than he found them. Um, I, I like a maxim of, of John Maxwell uh, who says, uh, add value to people. Everywhere you go, add value to people. That's what Christians were like. That's what Jesus was like. He always added value uh, to people. We, we need to share hope with the world uh, because it's, it's pretty hopeless right now for so, so many people. And we have the answer to that. I feel like we have, the, uh, we have the cure for what ails the world and, and we kind of hold on to it because people go, you don't got the cure, you know, well, try it. Try, try Christ for a little while. See what, see what happens, okay? Um, so stop, stop and think. Um, who in my sphere of influence needs hope? Who in your friends or people you contact with or you work with or your sphere of influence, not complete strangers, but, but people around you that you have contact with, who in your sphere of influence needs hope? And if you're filling in the notes, you'll notice it says name and then blank. Uh, put somebody's name in there. Someone, someone in your sphere of influence needs Jesus, needs the hope we have uh, in, in, in Christ. And so sharing a sandwich is, is great. You know, I, that's, that's wonderful. Around here we call that a potluck if we have enough of them. But it only satisfies for a short time. Ultimately, the sharing we, we think matters most is sharing hope that changes a life forever. Uh, and we have that. And I, and I think sometimes we get so comfortable, we forget that, that we're, we're called to share hope with people around us. And so uh, let's dive in a little bit deeper then. You got that name down? Okay. How does the Bible instruct us to share hope? What are the particulars of how? And interestingly enough, Peter gives some practical kind of how advice. Uh, and so it just seems to me, uh, if you want to talk about how to share your faith, how to share hope in Christ, we should look to the Bible and what it instructs us on the how first, uh, and then we can talk about the other parts. And so the first thing it says is always prepared. And when it says to be always be prepared, it means you have to have done some work ahead of time. That's what prepared means. You're not com caught completely flat-footed. You're, you're ready to go. Uh, most things that are of value, we prepare ahead of time for. So, you know, when I come and preach, you know that I don't just walk up here and just start talking about whatever. There are hours and hours and hours that have gone into this moment that prepares, that, that, that happens now. There's a certain amount of preparation. And Peter says, always be prepared. Um, have you ever been caught off guard? Uh, when you should have said something and, you know, you thought about it too late. You know, you have a discussion and then afterwards you go, oh, I should have said, this is what I should have said. Well, that's because we, we aren't prepared for that. Um, and so the interesting word is then he goes on to talk about this a defense, to give a defense. Uh, and, and what that word means is kind of a rational or persuasive discussion. Okay, so it's the idea of, of an intentional conversation that is, that is persuasive uh, to them uh, and that is rational to them. So sometimes we will go to an unbeliever and say, because the Bible said so, 
Well, they don't recognize the authority of the Bible. It's like a Muslim coming to you and say, because the Quran says so. That, that wouldn't, you wouldn't, you'd go so, <laughs> you know. And, and so uh, Peter is saying, make a rational argument that, that works in their world. So sometimes you have to work with philosophy or you have to work with other ideas, those sorts of things. Uh, and, and then that it needs to be persuasive, that it's designed to win them to Christ, not for you to win the argument. Yeah, let me say that again. It's designed to win them to Christ not for you to win the argument. In fact, the word here uh, is, is the word from which we get the modern word apologetics. And one of my deep concerns about apologetics is it seems to be combative, right? But, but that's never what the original intent of it was. The original intent was a persuasive conversation to win people uh, to Christ. And so I want to encourage you in your faith, develop elevator speeches. You know what elevator speeches are? They, they kind of tell salesmen this, you know. If you happen to be in an elevator with someone, uh, tell them what your product is and why they need it and how they can get it um, in, in, in the time it takes to go f a few floors. So maybe you should have one where if someone gives you like two or three minutes to tell people what Jesus, why, what Jesus did in your life. You could do that. And maybe another one if you get to go maybe seven minutes, kind of a little longer one. And then, and then maybe a little longer one than that if you get a longer conversation going. But, but it, it would be so powerful to be, you know, two minutes, here's what Christ did for me. You know, five, seven minutes, here's what Christ did for me. And here's why he can make a difference in your life. Be prepared. Be prepared. Always prepared. And the only way you can be always prepared is if you do it in advance uh, and, and, uh, and make sure you're ready to go. So, uh, so what this tells me uh, that Peter's talking about here is this. How you share hope matters. It's not just share hope, but how you do it is important. Uh, it's just not the, 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 you know, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. There's, there's more to it than that. So being prepared means you think about how to do it uh, in advance and in rational kinds of ways. Uh, but that's not all that matters. Because let me just kind of say something here and get myself in trouble. But I've been a follower of Christ a long time. I have watched Christians justify hard sell aggressive tactics in sharing about Christ because they say the message is so important and so I'm going to push and I'm going to be in people's face and I'm going to be aggressive about that. That is not what the Bible says. In fact, we'll talk a little more about that, but, but it does matter how you share hope. And so uh, even the, the message, you share the message of Jesus Christ, but you, how you do it matters as well and must come under the scrutiny of, the, uh, of Scripture. And so Peter puts two conditions uh, on our rational and persuasive speech. Uh, the first one is share hope with gentleness. And which just goes completely against those people that are like in other people's faces, you know. That is not gentleness. Uh, the word actually means a mildness of disposition, okay. It's not just what you do, but it's your kind of your attitude about it. A gentleness of spirit, meekness, humility. Uh, and, and so when I, when I think about gentleness, I think about children, right? So how, how you correct a child is different than how you correct adult and how you relate to them. And they're going to get things wrong. And the fourth time they've spilled the milk and you're like, ah, but you know, they're trying. They just, you know, there's a gentleness that should be there. And when we share our hope with others in Jesus Christ, it's, it's through gentleness. Very few people are one to Christ because somebody, you know, makes them angry and gets in their face. But but lots of people come to Christ because, because of the gentleness and the kindness and the love of, of followers of Jesus. And so um, have this attitude that was in Christ, who was a servant. That's what he talked about. Uh, we don't need to be pushy. We, we need to be warm and loving and tender and patient and, and show concern for people. Because our message is what wins people, not our technique. Okay? Our message of hope in Christ 
is what wins people, not our technique. Um, and so I just maybe say it this way. Sharing hope is not fight club. <laughs> it's just not. And when I see Christians that want to fight, you know, about stuff, that, that is just not the message. Even if, even if I be, I'm on their side, I think they're right. Fight club doesn't help. It just, it doesn't. Um, but Peter, I think, knew, and God knew through Peter, that, that in our humanness, we would be tempted like that. I can be like that. I've told you before, I was captain of the debate team. I love philosophy. I love ideas. And, and so especially in my teenage years into college, I, it was fight club for me, man. I was going to show you I was right right and I was going to win the argument and 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 that's that's not the point being right is not the point Christ is right we have truth what we need now is people to come and experience it um, and so I, he gives us this gentleness gentleness in how we we do this and so um, there's there's a great saying we're not exactly sure who said it but I, I love this uh, I, I should have this up in my office as a reminder to me people will forget what you say oh as a preacher it's like ah man but they will never forget how you made them feel. And I know that I know that I know that that is true. People will forget what I say. They'll forget, you know, the exact wording. People sometimes memorize things. They'll forget all of that. But they'll never forget how you make them feel. And that's what Peter, that Peter talked about with gentleness. That we, with gentleness we share hope. That makes people feel great. Okay? So then he has another, another thing that, that's a little tougher. He says um, to share hope with respect. With gentleness and with respect. And the word for respect here... Um, is a really interesting kind of word. Uh, it's the word ph uh, phobos, uh, from which we get the word phobia. Uh, it's often translated fear. Uh, in fact, often when you hear, um, you know, fear God, it, it's this exact same word. And so uh, it, in, in Greek and Hebrew, the, the definitions aren't as narrow. It's a little broader. You have to get context. But, but the idea here is, is that, um, that we, we respect the person we're sharing with. And we don't treat them in disrespectful sorts of ways. In the same way that you wouldn't treat God disrespectfully. Don't treat the, the, the sinner disrespectfully. So for me, that's a, that's a pretty powerful example. It doesn't quite say if you treat them disrespectfully, you're treating God disrespectfully. But as human beings created in his image, that's, that's kind of true. And so it, it's really uh, important that we get this. Um, and so we, we are called to treat them with respect. So that, and, and here's the key, so that they feel respected. It's not, well, I respected them because I told them the truth, you know. Well, that, that might not make them feel respected if you did it in a, in a hard kind of way. It's the idea that I'm going to show you respect in a way that you feel respected. So that when they walk away from us, they feel like they experienced hope in a gentle kind of way. And they were res respected through all of that. And that's super important today because we live in a culture where people who are not following Christ are actively participating in all kinds of things that we think are deeply wrong uh, and, and problematic uh, and that that and so there's there's a tendency to if they're involved in something that you really are like to, to kind of treat them disrespectfully ah, you know I'm gonna let them have it you know and and that's not what scripture says scripture says the opposite respect them just like you respect God re respect them so that they feel uh, re respected and and I, I can I, I'm just gonna hit this again I know I hit this a lot but I, I'm concerned um, I think that includes our Facebook post Posts, okay, uh, you know, be be respectful to people who are different. Uh, our goal is not to win, even if you're right. Sometimes I look at, at Facebook posts from Christians and I think I agree with that, but that was the wrong way to say that. That was making fun of people, making fun of ideas, all of those kinds of things. Uh, set aside that stuff to win people with Christ with gentleness and respect. So here, let me flesh this out a, a little bit with what uh, respect means. Um, 
Respect means we listen. We, we listen to them even when we disagree. Even when we're pretty sure we know what we're going to say and we know what's wrong with their logic and all of those sorts of things. Even when they're making excuses for all kinds of ways. We, we listen to them. And this, this has been a powerful thing in my life to, uh, to learn how to be an active listener because I was so charged forward and now, now I get that I, I need to listen and, and be an active listener. So a part of listening often for me is asking questions. Oh, tell me more about that. Well, I didn't know that. Tell me about, tell me about that. What does that mean by this? Well, here's what I'm hearing. That one has been helpful. Here's what I'm hearing you say. Is that, is that right or do we get this right? Um, and, and so uh, it, it's just important that, that you begin with listening. That's a part of that respect is to, to listen to their, their, what they're saying through all of that. Uh, again, I think it's John Maxwell that said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And listening is a way of showing care. Uh, people need to feel heard. In fact, they can't listen very well to your argument until they feel heard. Because they, well, you don't know what I think, and you don't know what I believe. But if you listen to them, then it's like, oh, okay. And especially if you f- reflect back and say, this is what I hear you saying. Is that, you know, and you don't have to criticize it or anything just so we make sure we communicate. And, um, and so, and the truth is, in order to give a rational explanation that makes sense to them, you have to listen. You just have to. Um, can presentations don't work anymore. We don't live in a world where everybody understands religious language and everybody goes to church and all of those sorts of things. We live in a, especially here in the Northwest, where people haven't been in church for generations and so they don't even know what we're talking about. You know, Christ, you know, died for you. That would make no sense to a lot of them. So we have to start in a different place uh, and listen and and then use their categories and treat them respectfully. And then uh, respect means we adapt to them. Uh, One of the wonderful things Jesus did was he he didn't change uh, the truth, but he changed the way he talked to people, right? So when he was with fishermen, he would say, I will make you fishers of men. Uh, And when he was with farmers, he would talk about a farmer that went out and and planted seed, you know. And so uh, wherever he was at, he he talked in a way that they could understand. He used language that they could understand. He adapted. Um, Reason uh, that, that, that we could do this is so that they will understand understand and grasp. And so let me just kind of tell you one of the best ways to do this is story or narrative. Uh, telling your story, listening to, to their story. And so rather than trying to, you know, pretend like you've been to seminary and you've got all the, the, the big words that they wouldn't understand anyway, you know, and you're going to kind of demolish their ideas just saying, this is what Jesus did in my life, you know. Here's what I was like and then God came in. And, and, and it doesn't even have to be perfect. In fact, it shouldn't represent you as perfect. Tell them about some of your failures and how God has worked with you and maybe how God is continuing to work with you. This is one of those things God is always on me about because I'm still struggling in this sort of thing. That, that's adapting to their world and listening to their, their stories in the places uh, where they connect. Jesus was a master storyteller. He really, really was. And he told stories that related uh, to the people that were uh, around him. And so just tell the stories that that are the truth of how Jesus has made a difference in in your life. And then ultimately, um, love means we share hope even if we are afraid or offended. We share hope even if we're afraid or we're offended by them. Boy, I was working on this sermon this week. When I got to that one, I was like, oh, you're preaching to yourself here, kiddo. 
Because, you know, I, it's easy to just be frustrated with that or I wonder what my neighbors would think, you know. Um, I, I hope you're praying for people in your, your community. I'm praying for some of my neighbors specifically by name to build relationship with them because I, I know they're not involved religiously in any way, shape, or form. And it's like, oh, man, if I, I share too much and then, then I got to live next to them, it'd be awkward, all those sorts of, those sorts of things. And, so, uh, and yet, I, I just want to say this. Christ calls us, the love of Christ, loving our neighbor, calls us to share hope, even if we're afraid, take courage, you know, and even if we're offended, respect them to share hope with Christ. So, so let me say again, who needs you to share hope with them? Who in your circle of influence, that name, are you, are you praying for that person? Are you praying for that person every day? I, I hope you have a prayer list of people in your sphere of influence who are not followers of Jesus that you are praying for their eternal salvation. You're praying they will become a follower of Jesus and they will use you in that. Are you prepared? I mean, suddenly they say, tell me about your, your faith, man. I've been watching your life and, and uh, you know, I, I'd really like to know. I might be want, to, want to become a follower of Christ and you're deep in your work and you've been doing stuff all day long and you're tired and the kids are going crazy and you're going, uh, uh, are you prepared? Are you prepared? for what Christ can do in them. And then this, this last kind of piece of advice I think is so important. Ask God to have people ask the right questions. Uh, one of my favorite professors in seminary was, was a guy by the name of Dr. Chick Shaver. He was uh, the chair of evangelism. And, and he wasn't a, a, a towering intellect like some of the others were. But he had truly had the gift of evangelism. Uh, and so I, I worked closely with him for a, a while. And it, it was amazing to watch. He would, he would say, okay, we're going to go out and talk to these people. And I think they're really cl close to Christ, you know. And I think we'll have an opportunity to lead them to Christ. And I'm like, okay, I don't, those people don't look like they're close to Christ to me at all, you know. And we'd go out there and he'd start to share. And the next thing I know, they're asking Christ into their life. Uh, and one of the things he said to me, especially for people that don't have the gift of evangelism, was he prays all the time on the people in his prayer list, Lord, uh, have these people ask the right questions, where they say, tell me about your church, or, you know, you talk about your pastor a lot, crazy guy, tell me about him, or, or you know, why do you believe in the Bible, or why, why is your, you think religion so important, or why, blah, 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 blah. The, the right questions, where they start them, the, the spiritual conversations, and, and so I just want to encourage you uh, to, to be praying for specific people, somebody on your, in your sphere of influence, and then pray that they would ask the right questions. It's so much easier if they kind of open uh, the door, uh, and so just, just kind of in closing uh, what, what Peter said, always being prepared to make defense to anyone who asks for the reason, for the hope, and here's the best news, that is in you. I pray that we will be a church that shares hope everywhere in our community. We are surrounded by people that need hope in Jesus Christ. So I hope you will join me in sharing hope. Let me pray. Father God, I just pray, Father, that you would, um, you would cause the people that need you in our lives uh, to ask the right questions, to open the door, Father. I pray that you'd give us courage, Father, in, in, in stepping up and, and talking about you in, in ways that are respectful and, and gentle, Father, and, and represent Christ in all we do. And I pray that you would make our lives and our church attractive to people who are far from you, Father. You have given us this hope, and, and it's easy to kind of revel in it and, and, and celebrate it, and, and yet you call us uh, to spread it to the world around us. And so, Father, we just ask that you would 
uh, help us to do that and that you would go before us. And Father, that there would be a mighty outpouring of your spirit and that many, many, many people uh, would become followers of you, Father. uh, And then they would grow into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.